tweet at Today SOR. Uh, just another line from that uh, doorstep with the Taoiseach, Elia Varadkar. He has said that the government is considering advising people to wear face coverings in public. He said there was a trend across the developing world to advise people to wear masks in places where social distancing is difficult, as in uh, public transport or an enclosed indoor space. Uh, Leo Varadkar said it wasn't a straightforward decision based on science as there wasn't agreement on the issue with the scientific community. He said the government uh, would be in a position to offer revised advice to the public later this week. Now, uh, advice to self-isolate, of course, is all well and good. But if you can't physically keep a good distance between yourself and other people in your household, the facility set up at City West Hotel in the first weeks of this crisis is the go-to setting for people from all over the country. City West will also be the location of a step-down facility for 300 people when the converted convention there is open to patients next month. Mary Walsh is manager of both of those facilities. She's on the line now. Mary, I gather you are happily heading off into retirement not too long ago only to be turned around um, that's right Sean um, you're heading towards retirement and I came out of retirement so I um, retired from the HSE uh, on, in April of last year um, and I was happily enjoying travelling and so on I just returned into Ireland on the 2nd of March um, after a long trip abroad and uh, I, I was contacted by David Walsh who's the National Director for Community Operations who asked me to come and meet him and asked me to come out to City West so I met him on one day and was out here the next day so I started on the 19th of March. Of course it's a venue that'll be familiar to many people including uh, All-Ireland contesting football and hurling teams over the years also big party conferences Um, now it's a completely different uh, purpose that it's got now just describe to me the scale of what you have on hand. Yeah, so there there are a number of very large buildings on site, but the self-isolation facility has capacity for 750 rooms, and that is the main hotel, which is currently open as a self-isolation facility, and that opened on the 1st of April. And the second large project on site is the is the renovation or conversion of the convention centre into a 300-bed step-down facility. So that is well ahead in relation to being uh, ready. We'd hope to have it ready the middle to the end of May and then we're in the planning stage for the operationalisation of that. But um, I suppose the self-isolation facility um, opened first on the 1st of April. Yeah, and that's, as you say, up to 750 rooms available to you, Mary. How Mm. many people have you in residence there at the moment? Well, we have, we, over the last, uh, we're four weeks open today and over that period of time we've had over 200 people have come through, have been admitted and discharged and we currently have um, um, over 100, 114 people actually um, residing with us at the moment. And tell me about the, 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 the routine then that they have and how you mm. take care of them and what are the, the kind of guidelines that you operate mm. to? Well, we have, um, um, I, I suppose there are three main uh, category um, of people who are referred to us and some of them are COVID positive, some of them are awaiting results and some of them actually are close contacts and need to self-isolate. So there's a referral process um, and most of our referrals will come from hospitals, from GPs, from other service, services um, such as Tusla and so on. And we assess that referral. We deem that they're appropriate to be safely managed here and then they, they arrive into ourselves. So they're assigned actually a hotel room and an ensuite. and um, All their meals are delivered to the room um, they have access to we very dynamic two very dynamic GPs here um, and nursing staff twenty four 
24-7 um, and they have access to actually obviously the supports from the healthcare team. They have access to sort of dedicated walks and so on. The hotel is very large so we've been able to zone it appropriately for those three, three categories of groups of people that would, would come here. Yeah and there's a fine golf course or is there maybe even a second golf course? I mean are they allowed out for walks on, 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 the, on that? Yes they are. I suppose we, we've been lucky that we've been able because the hotel is so big and the grounds are so extensive we are able to have um, um, individual exit and entrances for all of the different categories so that therefore there is no no one stepping into the other category if you can understand so that people can actually get out and have a walk and I suppose that is that's the benefit of being on the site it is a closed site it isn't open to visitors um, and you know uh, entering into a period of self-isolation can be a bit daunting for people people are anxious um, and I suppose it is we are here to support them because it's, it's not easy um, being told that you have to remain actually in self-isolation for a period of time. Was it your expectation at the outset that you might actually have up to uh, 1,000 people there between the step-down facility, and I'll talk to you a little more about that in a moment, and the, uh, the 750 rooms available? Well, I suppose, you know what I mean, from all of the evidence to date, you know what I mean, the modelling that was undertaken by the government and by the HSE, certainly the predictions were that there was going to be a large requirement for additional capacity, whether it was in self-isolation, step-down facilities or acute beds. So from that perspective, you know what I mean, the planning was always that this could be utilised actually for significant numbers and um, we've been sort of uh, planning the staffing that would be required in relation to sort of opening additional capacity as required. So, you know what I mean, the demand is there. Certainly we've seen an increase in referrals over the last, I suppose, 10 days in particular. Um, And that probably relates to a certain extent to the additional testing and so on. But we're here as a supportive mechanism to actually people who are COVID positive or who are queried COVID positive. And I suppose it's it's been, um, I suppose, daunting initially and a bit surreal. Never thought I'd be setting up a facility in a hotel, but it is meeting a very defined um, need in and relation to provision of care. Presumably, the, in the main, the people coming to you so far there are because their own um, home accommodation or the circumstances in which they live just um, don't lend themselves to self-isolation. Yes, and I suppose some people actually are, are very conscious. You know, sometimes you have three generations of families living together and people need to undertake their 14 days. They may have come through actually um, their illness in, the, in, in a hospital. Then they actually need to actually have another maybe five, six days of recuperation and recovery um, to complete their period of self-isolation. And sometimes they're not able to facilitate that at home. So then they would, they would actually be referred here. Yeah, you were saying uh, a while ago that, or at the start, Mary, that you've got something like 114 people in residents at the moment. Are, are any or many of those people, are they sick? Are they, are they ill? Well, I suppose the nature of the illness um, from a COVID perspective is people have to be self-caring in order to be um, referred to um, the self-isolation facility. Um, ideally, we, we, we take people who don't have complex medical needs, um, and that is why there is a very defined referral pathway so that people are appropriately referred uh, to the self-isolation facility. But people can, you know, their journey of recuperation and recovery from this illness, we have had people who have become unwell, but we're because we have actually sufficient medical and nursing cover here we're able to manage that and also we work very closely with our acute colleagues and people if, if required are transferred to actually hospital for uh, reassessment and so on so look at having the supportive mechanism of the ambulance service in particular and also actually our acute hospital uh, colleagues that's enabled us to be able to care for the cohort of clients that actually are referred to are the hotel staff still there working alongside yourself yes, and medical staff 
Yes, they are. And they're a really important uh, member of the team. Uh, you know, we include them as members of our team. Um, obviously, they have a different management structure, but we work very closely with the hotel management. Um, obviously, it was a bit daunting for them. They're uh, very different to what they would normally be doing. Um, we had a lot of education and training of staff before actually the facility opened. Um, and the uh, hotel provides, obviously, catering security services and cleaning services um, for where our clients and our residents are staying. So, you know, they're a very, very important part of the team here and we work very closely with them. And we have become, you know what I mean, um, we've all got to know each other very well. A lot of staff um, have been redeployed here. So we've all come from very different settings, very different backgrounds. We have people from CRC who've been redeployed here and I'd like to thank Stephanie Manahan and the board for that. Um, our colleagues from Public Health, Miss um, Jane Dare is our Assistant Director of Public Health who's working with us. We have staff from Tusla and then we have actually obviously the hotel staff and our own HSC staff that have come from different areas and without everyone working together this could not yeah. have and, and obviously people think of it as a hotel, it's very well known as mm. we say, but it must be a different kind of check-in experience I would imagine people arriving there basically to stay in their rooms. Yes, it's, it, and it's very different in relation to any of us that have come from a clinical background. You're, you're trying to manage people that you actually don't see. So there's a lot of uh, observation and monitoring and calls to the rooms and so on. But you're nursing people and looking after people behind closed doors. So you are also depending on them being able to take their temperature. So they are taught how to take their temperature on, on arrival here. They take their temperature a number of times during the day. There's a check-in with the nursing staff in relation to that. And obviously you're caring for people in a non-clinical environment. So that brings its own challenges in itself. Now, tell me about the other um, side or a dimension to this. The other facility there, the Convention Centre, uh, it's going to be ready fairly soon. We saw the early photo call there mm. uh, with the Taoiseach, Simon Harris and Paul Reid and I think there were three beds set up and one nurse's station uh, there in, in, in a corner. Describe what it's like now. Well, it, it looks uh, very different. Um, there are it, The capacity for the facility will be 300 beds and within that there will be 43 high observation beds and a number of single rooms. Um, it is planned like a nightingale ward in that, that there is rows of beds together but with appropriate nurses stations now within that facility. Um, we have access to an area for allied health professionals to work in relation to being able to rehabilitate act, um, the, the, the patients that would be referred there. Um, and we've also actually at the minute our army colleagues are here supporting us in relation to putting the equipment together so the beds are, have arrived and all of the bed stations are being currently set up so the commissioning of the equipment and the testing of the facility is actually ongoing but we'd hope to have that completed by middle to the end of May and then we'd be ready to and um, we're planning the operationalisation But is there, are there toilet and shower facilities and washing facilities there yeah. uh, for 300 people? Yes, well, we've had that assessed. It's not, look, uh, it would be remiss of me to say that it's an ideal um, um, building, in, you know what I mean, and it has its actually deficits, but we've actually tried to mitigate the risks in relation to that by actually the within the build. There are sufficient toilets, there are sufficient actually showers. We always could do with more, but we would hope that we will have sufficient to meet actually um, infection prevention control guidelines. Very good. Now, I imagine there must have been something special by way of your experience and background before they decided to give you the call. I mean, where, where were you before you retired? What did you do? Um, I, I, I was the chief officer in Dublin, North City and County, but my background, I come from a nursing background and midwifery background, and I would have previously worked as a director of nursing in Connolly 
Donny Hospital in Blanchettown and then I was the, the hospital manager, the CEO there for five years and then I worked in senior post out in the community before my final post as chief officer in Dublin North City and County. So I've been I've been around a while. Okay, then you who to look for. Thank you indeed for talking to me. Mary Walsh, manager of the City West self-isolation and step-down facilities.